Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, sports fans. Welcome to from Bob from Bob's office. This is a very special because this is our new format. I didn't mean to say this is a very special, <laughs> but so this is the start of us having a slightly new format. We have listened to the couple of you that have actually given feedback a little bit, and we realize that most of our episodes are very very long, and that's hard to deal with because we do a lot of sports at the start, and it takes a while to get into our conversations. So our goal from now on is to do a separate sports show, probably once a week, and spend just one episode talking about sports, and then have our other episodes focus on just our guests. That way we have a separate sports episode, and for those of you that like listening to these sports ones, you can listen to just the sports there, and if you don't care about sports, then you don't have to listen to this at all. And then the rest will be focused on our guests, that way the sports ones stay about an hour long, somewhere around there, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. And that way the guest ones can be about an hour and a half, if that, and it's just focused on the guest. And so this is the first of those sports ones. We will also have a similar intro for our first guest one coming up. But that's what we're doing now. I didn't say today's date, should I? I mean, we can't now because, I mean, we're just, it's going to be obvious because we're talking about this past weekend. But That's true. It's January 7th. By the way, on a Tuesday. What's normally when we record? We record on a Tuesday. So we're going to start with a lot of football. That's probably going to take up most of it for probably the next month until the Super Bowl's gone. Um, I'm gonna be so sad. And then we'll transition into more basketball, some hockey, and baseball. Spring training will be starting. So, so we're gonna start with football. Um, look back. We just had the wild card weekend we're gonna go over them in order and it was wild it was um so the first game was the buffalo bills at the houston texans i didn't actually i only watched the last minute if that of that game but i know of a couple things that happened so you watched most of it didn't you? yeah i watched i'm pretty sure i watched all of the games in entirely except for the saints fight or saints or Vikings Saints was a little harder to watch, but I, I did see yeah. some of it because I so, was during church. So as you were watching Bills Texans, what did what did you see? I originally I was like, wow, the Bills look really good. Josh Allen came out in their first drive. Josh Allen played three different positions pretty much. He caught it. He caught it for a t- he caught a ball for a touchdown. He rushed like thirty yards on his or thirty or forty yards. Like he rushed a lot in one play pretty much, and then he was throwing really well. It's like. Their first drive, I'm like, wow, this team looks very impressive. And their defense came out. They did pretty well, too. They held them pretty much um, scoreless the entire first half, I'm pretty sure. And yeah, it was 13 nothing Bills at half. And they looked incredible. Like, they looked really good. I'm like, wow, this is definitely – and I put money on the Bills. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. But I put money on the Bills, and, I, yeah, because I'm like, wow, these guys look great. And so I bet one of our friend's dads $5 that the Bills are going to win because, like, that was before the game. I, I kind of just had a strong feeling. I didn't do it while the game because that would be just a dumb bet by someone. Um, I turns out it wouldn't have been because the Bills did go up 16 nothing in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. So, like, the Bills looked extremely good in, all the way until pretty much the fourth quarter. Four, four, oh, boy. Fourth, <laughs> fourth quarter. <laughs> Yeah, so Bills went up 16 nothing, and then Houston scored and made a two-point conversion, so got it to 16-8 to once the fourth quarter started. Then Houston had another. They kicked a field goal and then scored a touchdown pretty late to take, or I guess not, that was relatively early, um, to take the lead. So Buffalo went up 13 nothing, then Houston went up 19 or sorry, Buffalo went up 16 nothing. Then Houston scored 19 straight points to go up 19-16. And then Buffalo kicked a field goal with... Uh, was it? With 10 seconds left. Yeah, there was like no time. That was a boot, by the way. It was like 47-yarder. <coughs> yep. Steven Hoshka. That's a Pat McAfee. Hoshka, bless you. Hoshka, bless you. I love when he does that. It's great. So then it went to overtime... And overtime sucks. <laughs> well, this, we can talk about the NFL overtime. Um, so it went to overtime. I'm trying to make this thing work. Here we go. 
looking at all the drives. Did it? Did they? No, Houston got the ball to start, yeah. and they punted. Then Buffalo got the ball, and they punted. Oh, yeah, that one was back and forth for like an hour, <laughs> it seemed like. That overtime was going to go forever, because in playoffs, you don't. You can't end with a tie, so you continuously do the play, or you continuously do overtime until you win, right? So yeah. So the way is it longer in the playoffs? The way regular season overtime rules work is it is a ten minute quarter, and there again is a coin toss, and if you win the coin toss, you want to receive because the team who gets the ball first, if they score a touchdown on that opening drive, they automatically win the game. But if that team comes down and kicks a field goal, then the other team can get the ball and try to come down. And if they don't score, the game is over. Team A wins. If they kick the field goal, then it's tied again. And now it goes into sudden death. So they would kick the ball off, and whatever happens after that happens, whoever scores first wins. But if they would have scored a touchdown, then they would win because they had more points at that point. Um, and so if it's... If nobody scores, then the game ends in a tie. That's regular season. In the playoffs, you can't end in a tie. Somebody has to win. So they do the coin toss. You want to receive because that same idea of whoever scores first wins. But it's instead a 15-minute quarter, and it's as if a new game has started. So if... The 15 minutes go by and nobody scores, then they flip fields like they normally do and they switch which way they're going. And the second quarter-ish, quote-unquote, starts and that goes. And if it goes past that, then it just keeps acting like new quarters. They act like there's another halftime. It's never gotten to that I was point. Saying, I wonder like, what's the longest one been so far. I don't think a playoff game has ever gone into the second quarter of an overtime, but I'm not sure. But that is the rule that's in place anyway. But it's still sudden death. So the rule applies where... If Team A receives the ball, so in this case, Houston received it first. If Houston would have gone down and kicked a field goal, then Buffalo would have had a chance to come down and match or do better with a touchdown. But Houston punted, so Buffalo got the ball. If they would have scored at all, they would have won. They didn't. They punted. Houston got the ball, and nine plays and 73 yards later, they kicked a field goal with three minutes left in the overtime period, and they won. So that was that was a crazy back-and-forth game a little bit. Um, there was one big play that I didn't see. I saw a highlight of it later, of Deshaun Watson escaping a sack. Oh, yeah, and he just kind of like threw it up perfectly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he had somebody came in, grabbed his legs. Somebody else came in, kind of hit him high. Hitting him high helped him like spin out of the leg tackle. So both the defenders ended up on the ground. Watson gets up, throws a pass, complete. They move on. I think that was in the fourth quarter, wasn't it? Uh, it yeah, it was. I'm pretty sure. Did okay. you? There was a um, a stat, not a stat. But there was a fact, and it was um, <clears throat> it was that both or Clemson or two Clemson quarterbacks have now come back from a 16 point deficit in a week, oh, pretty yeah. much, because Tre- Trevor Lawrence and uh, and Clemson beat whoever they beat. I forgot. Ohio, right? Ohio State, yeah. By, and they were down 16 at one point, and then the Texans came back too. Yep, so that ended up being a crazy game. So, like Jake said, Josh Allen also had a crazy touchdown catch. Um, he laid out for it. Like, he, like, flew. It was cool. But I didn't see any of those plays. So They both played well. It was just unfortunate that I lost $5. So Houston is the only home team that won over the weekend. And so now they are rewarded by going on the road and having to play at Kansas City. Oh, so, how fun. I mean, that, that'll be a fun game to watch Watson and Mahomes go against each other, but I anticipate, we'll get there. Um, the second game on Saturday was the Tennessee Titans at the New England Patriots. I, again, missed most of – no, I watched most of that game. Um Derrick Henry is a monster. Yeah. What is he, like 6'5", like 300? Uh, no. Um, but I do believe he's 6'3", 220. And he just, ever since even when he was at Alabama, that guy, that guy runs hard. 
And I don't know why, like, his first season or two in the league wasn't super... 6'3", 250. Oh, he's 250? Yeah. Well, his first few years, wasn't he behind a good running back? Um, I don't think so. I thought that was when they had, um, when they had, uh, Murray. Oh. Well, Henry's only been in the league for, this is only his fourth year? Yeah. So, that's not... I don't know why it's showing. Or was it McCoy? No, it was Murray. Because Murray just had the good year with Dallas, and then he went over there. Well, this is his fourth year, and I guess it's only his second year as a starter. So last year he had 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. This year he led the league with 303 carries, 1,500 yards, and 16 rushing touchdowns. All of those led the league. Um, He missed a game, but imagine if he played another game, he had over 1,600 yards. So, I didn't know he missed a game. So in this game, he had uh, where'd it go? It's over here. Um, in this game against the Patriots, he had I'm not even on the right game. He had 160 yards on 20 something carries, and he was an animal. And at one point, uh, you're wrong. On 34 carries, he had 182. 182 yards. Which, that's a lot. (laughs) Compared to um, the New England rusher, 14 carries for 61 yards. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when Ryan Tannehill only has 72 passing yards all game. I mean, that's what you got to do. One of them was a touchdown still, though. So, at one point during the game, um, a ESPN personality that I really enjoy she is brilliant and great her name is mina kimes and she tweeted would you rather tackle derrick henry or group text with someone who has an android and that made me laugh pretty hard and then there were a lot of really good responses to her and they went into discussions between android and iphone and some of those were funny um but then somebody else said i'd rather have an android tackle derrick henry (laughs) and i thought that was a pretty good line um but, yeah, Derrick Henry <laughs> is a very large man. And um, it was funny, though. At one point in the second quarter, it was near the end. Of, I want to say it was near the end of the second quarter. Yeah, near the end of the first half. Tom Brady threw a pass that got tipped by one of his receivers, and it went straight into the hands of Logan Ryan that, of the Titans. And he dropped it. Oh, yeah, okay. And it would have been an easy walk-in touchdown and would have... <laughs> Would have put Tennessee up, I think, 21 to something at that point. Um, but but he dropped it and he was going nuts and like the whole sideline was ready for him to, to have returned it. Yeah, because New England was up 10 to, no, New England was up, or no, Tennessee was up 14, 13 at halftime. So it would have put them up, um, 21 to 13 at halftime. Um, but he dropped it. So everyone, even the announcers at halftime are like, oh man, that could really come back if Tennessee loses this game, then yeah. they're going to look at that. Be that pretty much. And I hate that argument. It's halftime. You have 30 more minutes of football. You have at least five possessions each left. Don't tell me that this one play is what's going to determine the game. Obviously, you wish it would have happened because it would have put you in a better spot. But I hate that that's like a thing that's like, oh, well, that would have dictated. The rest of the game would have played out the same. No, it wouldn't have. Things would have been different. Yeah, they would have gone up. Maybe New England comes out and is really fired up because they're down by eight now, and now they really have to make things happen. But regardless, nobody scores in the third quarter. Fourth quarter still, nobody is scoring. And New England has New England gets the ball back with – here's what here, – here's the thing that happened late. Tennessee had the ball. And they were, <laughs> they had the ball at like their, or they got to New England's, I want to say 35 or 40 yard line with five and a oh, half minutes yeah. left or something. They run a play. So now it's fourth down. I don't understand how, I don't understand the intricacies of all of the timing rules in football, but they ran the ball. So the clock's running. And then because they were at, like, that's a weird, between the 35 and 40 is a weird spot because you don't want to kick a field goal and miss because then the other team gets the ball, like, where 
at the spot of the missed field goal. So you don't want to give New England the ball at their own like 42 or whatever because that that's a pretty that's a short field for them. Yeah, that's a good spot. But you don't want to punt because that's only a 30-yard punt, and that's a really awkward thing for a punter to do is to hold back and kick it that low. So, so Tennessee, Mike Vrabel, the head coach, they just take a delay a game penalty, and so the delay a game penalty it means the clock runs for all that time, so a lot of time comes off the clock, and then they move back five yards. So that becomes a comfortable, a more comfortable punt situation. But even then, that's still kind of short. And for whatever reason, I guess when there's an offensive penalty, the clock keeps running. So they took to the delay of game penalty, and then the clock kept running. So they come out there and they set up in punt formation again. And then they let the clock run all the way down. But instead, if you take consecutive delay of game penalties, it's a 15-yard like unsportsmanlike conduct penalty or something. So if they would have taken another delay a game penalty, it would, just push them it would have been even more. really worse. So instead of taking the delay a game penalty, one of the players supposedly, on purpose, false started. So it was another offensive penalty. So they move five yards back again, and the clock keeps running again. So now an entire minute plus has gone off the clock without a play running, with Tennessee just taking a couple penalties. And so eventually, so they're doing this to run the clock down, except New England gets the ball with over four minutes left. If you think that taking one minute off, a minute and a half maybe, out of five and a half off means Tom Brady is going to be hurried, that's silly. I mean, their defense were was playing good, so I mean, I kind of... But, but yeah, four minutes is it's an eternity. So but, to play for that instead of... I don't know. It was cr- like you would rather give them the ball and if they were going to score, hope they score in like three minutes so that you would have time left. It felt like all Mike Vrabel did was give his team less time to retaliate after New England was going to score because you just felt like it's Tom Brady. They always score in this situation. So there New was, England gets the ball back. I'm sorry. It cut to Bill Belichick and like he was like yelling at the ref and stuff about it because he didn't realize the false start had been. So, like, he thought it was just going to be two back-to-back delay games. And then there was a um, – someone, like, tweeted out that – like, an NFL guy tweeted out that Bill Belichick did almost the same thing, like, three years ago. I, so he, like, took, a like, a play from yeah. Bill Belichick pretty much, which I thought was clever. And it worked. So it was cool. So New England gets the ball, and they come down, and they're driving. And uh, – I want to get this sequence. Um, so they get the ball with... Well, no, that doesn't make sense. I wonder if it... Uh, well, they end up... So they get the ball back. New England gets the ball, and they don't even do anything. Four plays, they punt. So Tennessee gets the ball back again. They run seven plays, they punt. So, like, two full possessions happen, and New England gets the ball, but now they only have it with 15 seconds left. So... Brady has it with 15 seconds left on their own one-yard line. Brady drops back to pass, and the ball is intercepted and run back for a touchdown by none other than Logan Ryan, who dropped it in the first half. Also former Patriot. So everyone is like, oh, he got redemption and stuff. But in reality, he intercepts the ball. Him scoring in that situation, now all it does is stop the clock again, and and New England is going to receive the kickoff. But didn't that so, put them in a two-score lead, I thought? No, it gave them – they went up – well, so they – the touchdown get, got them to 20-13. to 13. So then Tennessee had the option to kick the extra point and be up by eight or to go for two. And if they go for two and make it, then they're up by nine, and now nothing matters. Well, Tennessee decides to go for two, and they don't get it. So now they're still up by seven. New England's receiving the ball, and anything can happen on the kickoff. Anything can happen on one or two plays with that short amount of time. So if Logan Ryan would have just caught it <coughs> and sat there, <coughs> excuse me, if he just caught it and like gone down, down yeah. then Tennessee would have had the ball with a few seconds. They kneel, game over, and there's no sit, there's no issue. So him scoring actually helped New England out because New England was on their own one and would have had to go really far, and that's really hard to do. Given a really short field behind them, you can't like set up a Hail Mary. You can't do anything like that. Being on the one is a really bad position. So like Logan Ryan almost did them a favor 
by scoring the touchdown because now they could plan something for the kick return or they could just catch it and plan something else from their own 25-yard line, whatever. Um, so that was just a really interesting way for the game to end. But that was, yeah. The lesson at the end of the day, I really felt like Tennessee had a really good shot of winning that game because New England is not great at stopping the run. And, and they Henry showed it. Derrick Henry ran all over yeah. them. Yeah. Um, I had a strong feeling with them too, but I had more of a sense that Ryan Tannehill has beaten Brady, so he, he kind of knows how to. So I kind of felt like that's going to be. Yeah, but I'm not going to say Tannehill going 8 for 15 with 72 yards, one touchdown, one pick really set them up for success. The touchdown did. It's funny because I'm looking at their stats and their receiving totals, and the Titans have a ga- have a guy named Michael Pruitt. <laughs> I'm assuming it's pronounced Michael. I don't know, but it's pr- it's spelled capital M, lowercase y, capital C, lowercase o-l-e. So Kansas City has a guy named Mecole Hardman. So in the NFL, there exist players named Mecole and Michael, and I think <laughs> that's very funny. Um, so yeah, so Tennessee wins. So their reward is to play at Baltimore next week. Wow, what so, a good reward! Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. So those are the two Saturday games, the AFC games. I was under the impression that the AFC and NFC split their games Saturday Sunday. I feel like I playing so both AFC games on Saturday and both NFC games on Sunday that's a disadvantage for two for one of the NFC games because one of them now has to play on Saturday so that's a game less day I mean that I don't know I just don't like that but I guess if it's AFC NFC either way that can get screwed up too so so did you do you like the number 1 seeds play on Saturday and the number 2 play on Sunday is uh, that how they did it I don't think so do, do, do. Because that would kind of, I mean, it would make sense, but like, I mean, that's a reason. Oh, both the number ones play Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, and both the number twos play Sunday. That's funny. So, yeah, so those are the two games Saturday. Um, the first game Sunday was Viking Saints, probably the one that, out of all four games, that's the one that. Actually, no. Before we move on, with the Patriots losing, there was a the NFL memes Twitter page sent out a tweet. That uh, where did I put I'm losing all these? Um, this was next. Sent out a I lost it. This this made me laugh. It said, "Yeah, sex is cool, but have you ever watched the Patriots get eliminated?" <laughs> and that made me also laugh a lot because I was really happy that the Patriots got eliminated because I'm over them winning everything all the time, and that'll come up again later in the show. But yeah, so I was happy about that. Um. Do you think that this could be Tom Brady's last game in in New England or period? Because I doubt that he'll stop, or like I doubt that he'll retire on a pick six. But it could be his last time in New England. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a really awkward pause in our. <laughs> show right now, but our guest that's going to be on later just arrived. Or, he didn't just arrive. He texted me 18 minutes ago that he was here. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. I gotta go get him. <laughs> so, dang. Talk about something. Um, something. I started my new job yesterday, and I played two and a half hours of basketball. It was electric, because I am terrible at basketball, but I had to play it because I almost beheaded a small child with a kickball. Um, in other news, uh, the Saints-Vikings game was the game I really wanted to watch, but of course it had to be in the middle of church. So I had to sneakfully... Sneakfully is not a word, actually. I had to sneakily... That's that's the word. Put my uh, my phone up against the, the pews and watch... No, it wasn't my phone. It was Jacob's phone. Jacob's phone was on the pew next to us, between us, that we got to watch the, we got to watch the, the, gosh, we got to watch the beginning of the, the game up until halftime, which was fun. I was just telling him how that was the one game I didn't want to miss, but we missed. Got it. Yeah. So, did you tell him what we were doing during church? That, 
we were doing something during, oh yes yeah, so it was in between, I was like we were doing something during church yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was like that your phone was in between us yeah yeah which I assume if there is there a ten o'clock game Sunday yes I'm assuming that's probably what we'll be doing again probably um oh no wait yeah that's Saturday oh no it's at noon oh well Tex- Texans chief is at noon then we get to leave really quickly. Yeah, and then CX Pack is at three forty. Which is stupid time. Um, so yeah. That f- <laughs> That's like seven forty in Wisconsin. No. Yeah. Three forty, nothing is four hours ahead. You're right, it's six forty in Wisconsin. <laughs> is Wisconsin Eastern time? I thought Wisconsin was Central time. I know Detroit's Eastern time. What time zone is Wisconsin? Oh in? boy. No, oh, they're only two hours ahead. This guy, 5:40. So, <laughs> so, um, I was really anticipating the Saints smoking the Vikings. Like, I was really hoping it would happen. Like, I don't have anything against the Vikings, but I was. The Saints are. I just felt like the Saints were actually pretty good this year, and I didn't think that the Vikings would be able to keep up with I them. I 100% felt the same way going in because I. There's so many of the Saints players that I like love and respect, so I was like, this team's gonna crush. Because also, I hate the Vikings. <laughs> so, uh, so it was pretty low scoring for a while at the start, but Taysom Hill did his Taysom Hill thing again. He is and, incredible. He's. In my opinion, he's one of the most exciting players to watch in the NFL, just because you don't know what he's gonna do. I'm well, pretty, didn't he block a punt yesterday? No, no he, it was he, a big punt. He return. almost blocked one punt. Um, and it was a big punt <coughs> return that he did. It's funny because we were watching near the end of the game. We were watching, and Taysom Hill like had a pretty big run for first down late in the game. Was it the one where he like trucked over the guy? Possibly. Oh, that one was great. And Cody was like, "I don't understand. If you're on defense, you know he's gonna run it. Like, why are you doing anything else?" I said, "Because he just completed a 60-yard pass. <laughs> yeah, in the he literally first threw the furthest launched. throw in the game. <laughs> so, like, that's why." Um, and then he also returned. I mean, not it, returned. He also had a great punt return. It wasn't a perfect throw, mind you, because the defender or the receiver like was falling over backwards to catch it, and if he would have actually let him, it would have been an easy touchdown. But still, the point is, he <laughs> threw it and he got there, and Taysom Hill is a huge threat. I, I saw a thing where it's like, if when the when Drew Brees leaves the Saints, because inevitably he will retire, if it's not this year, it's next year probably. And they said the one thing they have to do is rebuild around Taysom Hill. I, I mean, I don't think you can build around him as the starting quarterback, but you can definitely do a lot with him. Um, um, I also saw a thing where people are comparing, or not comparing, people are saying that Jalen Hurts should play just as he does, pretty much like a Jack Army knife. That would be interesting. I don't know. Also, I'm still upset that Green Bay let him go. Hill. Hill was on the Packers during preseason one year, and he literally ran around the field like 45% of the time, and it was great. Also, I saw another tweet, and it was, uh, he is literally the Tebow we wanted. He is a better thrower, a better runner, a better, like, everything. <laughs> everything in the last one was like, he's a more he's more Christian. And I'm like, I don't think you could judge if he's more Christian than someone. Yeah, that's rough. Um so there was really so the game came down to uh, a last thing at the end of the game. Oh, that, I mean, went to overtime also. So a lot of stuff happens, but the play that people are going to talk about is in overtime. Minnesota won the coin toss and received. So again, if they go down and kick a field goal, then New Orleans has the opportunity to get the ball back and come down and do their thing. But if Minnesota goes down and makes a touchdown, then New Orleans is screwed. Well. There was one huge play. Cousins found Thielen for 43 yards, and that got them down to the New Orleans two-yard line. So it looked like a pretty easy, like, all right, Minnesota's at least going to kick a field goal, if not score a touchdown right now and win. Well, Dalvin Cook gained one yard, didn't score. Then they did, like, a weird run to the left, and Cook got tackled for a three-yard loss. So now it's third down with third and third and goal from the New Orleans four. And Cousins drops back. And you, at the start of the play, you can see that Kyle Rudolph, Minnesota's tight end, is split wide left. And there's a corner on him, and there's no other help, really. It doesn't look like there's any help over there. Kyle Rudolph is like 6'5". 
And the corner, I think, was like six feet tall. So Cousins drops back and just lobs the ball in the back left corner. And in real time, all you see is Rudolph jump up, catch it, come down, score, easy. Corner had no chance. And that's it. That's the game. They show a replay. And, again, Saints fans, it's going to be really easy for Saints fans to complain about another call that didn't go their way. Because Rudolph definitely had his hand out and touching the corner. So a lot of people are going to say, offensive PI, offensive PI. That, in that situation, that never gets called. That push off, yeah. Like that, it wasn't, it wasn't like he full, like there was some extension. It didn't seem like it was full extension. It's not that Rudolph, Rudolph didn't even initiate the contact. The DB was like up on Rudolph when the ball went up. So Rudolph's contact was a reaction to the DB's contact. And the DB turned around and asked for it right away. And they didn't even review it. They didn't even think it was close enough for them to take a look at it, the rest. So, Do you think that it should have been at least reviewed? No. But it was they made a that judgment play, right there. though. So, I mean, I don't, so that's my issue. They look at every scoring play, but yeah. they don't say the play is under review. Like, they scored. Okay, it's a score. We're going to look at it. If we think it needs review, we'll say it's under review. They looked at it, decided it didn't need to be reviewed. There was no penalty. Game over. So I was very happy that New Orleans lost because I am definitely over all of them complaining about last year and what happened in the Rams game. Like, yeah, this one play was a big play, but there were so many other opportunities last year in the Rams-Saints game for the Saints to have put the Rams completely out of view, to have no chance. The Rams should not have been in that game at any point. The Saints had so many opportunities to just destroy the Rams last year. So don't get mad at me that one play, quote-unquote, cost you the game when you should have taken care of business and just done in the Rams. Same thing this year. Saints had plenty of opportunities to hold the Vikings off, to score and prevent this from happening. It doesn't come down to this one play. I don't want to hear it, so... I don't care. Saints are out. I'm happy. I like Jabriz. I like Taysom Hill. I like Mike Thomas. Whatever. But Kamara. I Kamara's fine. But I don't care about them. <laughs> I'm not naming good players. I'm well, naming what? players that I care about. I don't care about those other guys. Um, so I'm okay with the Saints being out. I think it's hilarious. And as soon as Rudolph scored, that stadium went silent. It was so qu- <laughs> it was so quiet. It was great. I loved it. So Minnesota moves on, and they get to play at the 49ers next week. Um, and then the last game of the day, the last game of the weekend, uh, Sunday, was the Seahawks at the Eagles. And I missed the first half of that game. But I did find out that Wentz got hurt at one point. I saw the play after. <laughs> I'm upset about that play. So Wentz like had a QB run, right? It was he ran forward and then slid. It wasn't like a sack in the backfield, or was it a sack in the backfield? I don't remember. I I think it was a run. So I think he did run. He so, scrambled. So yeah. I don't think it was a design. So run. I think I think Wentz scrambled out, ran, gained a couple yards, whatever, slid. If that's the case, then this is a little bit different. And so I think that was the case. But he slid, and as he slid. Jadavian Clowney of the Seahawks, like, went down to hit him, tackle him, whatever, touch him down by contact. If the quarterback slides, he's already down. You don't need to touch him. So Clowney definitely shouldn't have been anywhere near him. But so Clowney dives down to hit him, which I do think is dirty. Like, you see the guy down. He's on the ground. All you have to do is touch him. Yeah, Just I... run by and put your hand on him, and he's down. Clowney. And I already thought that he was touched by someone. Well, I don't. I mean, that's hard to tell. But if he's on the ground, all you have to do is touch him. So Clowney sees he's on the ground and dives in to hit him. Mm-hmm. He leads ish with his shoulder. His shoulder is the first thing that makes contact. But his helmet is also aimed directly at Carson Wentz's helmet. So his helmet comes into contact with Wentz's helmet. Wentz goes off the field with concussion stuff and like first eight minutes of the game and doesn't return to the game. So that is kind of a I mean, dirty is a weird word to throw around, but it was definitely seemed unnecessary. I And I think they should crack down on stuff like that. If the quarterback slides, you don't get to hit them. Just especially them. with 
how that we were even able to see like a second later, pretty much like before the next snap, we knew that he was like that was not a hit that should have happened. Like the review should like the officials should be able to see that and be like, you know what, that's not good. Like because we don't know that could literally damage someone. Like it, not even not even in this case, but like in any case like that, you literally could kill the guy. Yeah. Like when Jamal Williams got hit like that, and no one like. When he was unable to move, and we we're like, "Well, he like, what just happened?" Like, it's just not fair to hit someone in the head like that when they're defenseless in a way. So, I I think those type of plays should get looked at. They have rules in place for a reason. I don't think I, I can't think, wait for. I think there should have been some kind of penalty on Clowney or something. Cause they're they're contemplating okay. a fine. Um, um, I just can't so anyway. wait for Green Bay's line just to make him non-existent. So. So that took Wentz out of the game, which means 40-year-old Josh McCown had to come in. And this is one of those, like, obviously, as soon as Wentz gets hurt, everyone around the country goes, ah, should have kept Nick Foles. But their backup is, you would think that Philly by now would understand, we should probably have a good backup quarterback. I'm not going to sit here and trash Josh McCown, but there's a reason that he had never won a playoff game as a quarterback. There's a reason at 40 years old, most people still don't know who he is. He's been on a bunch of teams. So he comes into the game, and he actually does relatively well. Keeps the Eagles in the game the whole time. But my favorite part of all this is um, there's a former player named Andrew Hawkins, who I believe played wide receiver and I think was on the Browns and played with Josh McCown on the Browns. Yeah. And so uh, he decides to start a thread in the middle of the game, and he says, so this is all on Twitter. And he says, I'm going to start a tweet thread for Josh McCown to come back to and read after the game. And he tags Josh McCown because he's on Twitter. <laughs> he says, and so I'm not going to read all of them because there's a lot, but I'm going to read the highlighted ones because they're funny. So his first response, he says, hey, bud, you just tried to scramble. It was an adjustment for us who've watched Lamar run around all year, but it got the job done. He said, I'm amped up right now. My adrenaline is going. This other guy thought it'd be funny to point out that you were teammates with Emmett Smith, and he's been in the Hall of Fame for a decade. I can't lie. I chuckled pretty hard. That's funny that have, Josh McCown was teammates with I Emmett Smith. I have a cool Smith, stat about and Emmett Josh Smith has after been, this. I, we're gonna, I think he mentions it. Oh, okay. Um, so, so Hawkins also notices that McCown is wearing some pretty sweet cleats. <laughs> They're like Air Jordan cleats. And so he points that out. And if you didn't know, Josh McCown's a really good basketball player, too. Oh. There are, like, mixtapes of Josh McCown playing basketball. I don't think the correct term is mixtapes. He's good. <laughs> so Hawkins Hawkins tweeted out this, like, 20-second video of McCown balling, and it's pretty dope. So you guys should check out, like, Josh McCown basketball because he's actually legitimate. Um, so he says, yo, you got to admit it was cool seeing that Beast Mode TD in person, right? I think that's funny. Um uh, there are a couple. <laughs> Third quarter update. You're still delivering strikes, man. You definitely have a ton of years left in you. Next tweet. Like, years in life, not football. You have very <laughs> few football years left, if any. <laughs> you just dropped a snap, but still picked it up and found the open guy because you are a boss. That was impressive, actually. <laughs> Nine minutes left in the fourth. You're still balling, man. You're all Twitter is talking about. It's like that time we combined for two touchdown passes for four yards. People are taking <laughs> notice. Four minutes left. You just pulled a Houdini to avoid a sack. Then very next play dropped a rainbow dime to force a PI to Shelton. Let's go. Fourth down, man. Comes down to this. Want you to know whatever happens, you're a warrior. Couldn't be prouder of the way you stepped in and stepped up. I wish I was the Browns could hire you right now as their head coach. Because until you get the chance, you're my number one candidate. Um... So, I just love that Andrew Hawkins just went out of his way to to do that and make that happen. I thought that was Andrew Hawkins funny. isn't retired, by the way. Oh, really? He just hasn't been picked up since oh, 2017. Well, he's not actively playing in the yeah. league. But I just I, that thread was going on during the game, and I was very entertained. And I don't really have many notes on that game. Seahawks win. I mean, it came down to. I really wanted the Eagles to win, but. <laughs> I also enjoyed the Seahawks. I really would have liked the champion of the horrible, horrible, horrible NFC East coming in and winning a game. Um, I just thought that it would be an easier game for the Packers. Well, (laughs) yeah, you have that. Wanted it. Um, But DK Metcalf was a boss. Yeah, he's insane. Great touchdown. I can't believe he caught the ball. Front somersault, didn't get touched, got up. 
Went back, got in the end zone. I wish I would have drafted him first round. He's everybody, and then everybody is like, "How do you let DK Metcalf drop to the second round of the draft? How come he wasn't higher? His combine was insane." Blah blah blah. Like well, everybody knew how insane his combine. Great was. games until this point, pretty much though. He's he's def no, he's up there for offensive rookie of the year. I know he's not going to get it because you're a guy, but no, he no, actually, I don't think. Did you not see that for Pepsi? Hold on, I I want to rant. I, I can wait for this one. I can rant because we we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but <sighs> Metcalf had a good season. Like anyway, so he he did have a good rookie year. He had 58 catches for 900 yards, seven touchdowns. Like that's nothing to like shake a stick. How many at yards? Or whatever. 900. Oh, I I didn't expect that actually. Yeah. I thought it was like 550. No, he was like a legitimate. He only had one game over 100 yards, but he was consistently getting like at least five to ten targets. Consistently had three to six catches for 40 to 80 yards. Like that's a consistent performance out of a rookie wide receiver. When yeah. Did he play all 16? Uh, he only had one target in the game against the Cardinals, but he was in every game. So yeah. Um, He's also a good blocker. He's massive. So that's the thing. Is he comes in and he has an insane combine. This dude is huge, yoked, super fast, has a 40-inch vert. Like, his combine numbers are insane. But everyone knew that at the time. Like, it's not like we're looking back now and going, wow, he had a really good combine. How come he was so low? Everybody knew he had a good combine. Like, that was the talk of the entire combine was DK Metcalf. But there have been guys who have put up crazy stuff at the combine who don't pan out. There have been a ton of of first-round wide receivers who have flamed out. Like, you look at somebody who's super talented, like Mike Williams when he came out of USC, but he ended up having a terrible combine, and then he got fat and became a tight end for the Lions, and then he was out of the league pretty quick. Well, but, like, Darius Hayward... Think about that. Yeah. Darius Hayward Bay comes into the league with, like, a 4-2-9-40 and a 6-8 cone drill and things. And Chris Archer. insanely fast and goes away. Chris Archer. was He's a running back. Or, well, he's a running back, so it's a little different. But his he had, like, the fastest... Um, he had one of the faster four-yard dashes for a long time. Chris Johnson? No. Who's Chris Archer? He was on Pittsburgh for a few years. And there then, are zero people in Pro Football Reference named Chris Archer. I bet I could find him. Okay. Because Chris Archer is the name of the pitcher that was on the Rays and Pirates. Um, so anyway, so I just... The draft for NFL is like so hard to predict things. Because you look at... Like you go, you can go back to Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf. Everyone thought Ryan Leaf was the better quarterback. Like everyone had Leaf rated higher in quarterback things. Dre Archer. No, yeah. So, so it's just, and Ryan Leaf's story is insane. What oh. ended up happening to him? And then you look at Peyton Manning, and he goes on to be one of the best of all time. So. It's really easy to look at the combine and be like, oh, these guys did great at the combine. Yeah, but people train just for the combine. It, I could go out there and train the 40-yard dash and train the three cones and, and train my vert and train and, like, get my reps up on the bench press. Like, I could do all those things. That doesn't mean I'm going to go out and be a good football player. Or you can go out and look like Tom Brady looked like in the combine and be a six-round pick and be terrible and then be the greatest quarterback of all time. Like, so I hate well, the argument great. of, like, how did he drop so low? How did Aaron Rodgers drop so low? Like, give me a break. This happens frequently. So. Oh, there's there was a cool thing kind of about – this is kind of not on topic because it's about Lamar Jackson. But um, Lamar Jackson also fell pretty far. Yeah. And then he's the best quarterback of that class. Um, but there was um, – like Tom Brady reached out to him and said, I was a late-round pick too. Aaron Rodgers came up to him and said, I was a late-round too. Like there are a lot of quarterbacks that came up to him. Like it, it happens. Like yeah. So now look at now look at what you're doing. Like if anything, good job out of Seattle to like take a flyer on a guy who put up a bunch of really good stats, but it was iffy whether he was going to be a good route runner, whether he was yeah. going to be able, like I all thought of that. That, stuff. that was his issue, wasn't it? Like they were. People yeah, were when dudes unsure. are that fast and big, like you don't expect them to run routes. Like yeah. Antonio Brown can run routes, or like Torrey Holt, Marvin Harrison could run routes. Like that's a very different thing. For somebody that huge, no one's going to sit out here and tell you Calvin Johnson was the best route runner ever. Yeah. Good luck stopping him. Like It's that kind of thing. But there have been a ton of really tall, big, athletic dudes who just don't pan out because of whatever. 
And DK Metcalf happens to be panning out pretty well at this point. We'll see how the rest of his career goes, but yeah, a good first year. But this this first game in Better the playoffs than, uh, was John Ross, pretty darn good. I, I mean, John Ross was funny. I would argue. So, so those are all the games from the weekend. There was really funny. So this is what Jake was talking about getting to in terms of Gardner Minshew and stuff. Oh no, 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 I wanted to say the oh, you're gonna talk about Josh McCown. Else? Oh thing. yeah, Josh McCown pass. Oh yeah. Or, Josh McCown handed off to was it Emma Smith was it yeah it, his last touchdown ever he threw Larry Fitzgerald's yeah. first touchdown ever because they were both on Arizona they're all in Arizona yeah in that's so cool four yeah I think he was like the starter for them that year and that that's really cool to me that, that he was able to do that for like two legendary players yeah that's both awesome. Hall of Famers so well one soon to be go Josh McCown sorry it ended and his he had like a post game talk about how much he was it meant crying. to him to, yeah. yeah that was a really cool moment. Segway. Also, possible really cool moment coming up. Gardner Minshew had a post, and you oh, probably yes. freaked out a lot, so you can talk about that. Well, Gardner Minshew started off this with, um, with like a, a he said like some strange like how did he opened it like saying um, he opened it saying like I've been reconsidering He's down something. And it's a, it's just, I'm sorry that probably made noise. He's the, sitting down, very close up of his face, <laughs> and you're just you're just like. Uh, this, what is this going to end up being? This is really weird. Why is it all zoomed in on Gardner? And he's all serious. He's like, this is I'm like, uh, I, he's making some weird announcement. Like, I feel like this would have been a bigger deal <laughs> if something important was being. Yeah, said. I, I would have heard on Bleacher Report <laughs> earlier than. And then it's just not that at all. <laughs> Instead, it's a great possibility that we have. Um. He's taking this offseason to tour around the United States in an RV, which is, if you, like, know who we're talking about, this is the most Gardner Minshew thing possible. So the man funny. lives in a pair of jorts. Like, this is just perfect for him. And, and it, going it, from it Florida, zooms out because he's sitting in, like, a chair in front of the <laughs> RV, and it zooms out, and then it's him standing in front of an RV, and he's like, I just bought an RV. Let's go. <laughs> and, and it's it, so funny. He's going from Florida to Los Angeles, and so I. Did we, you did you tweet or Instagram at him or anything yet? Uh, no, I, I'm a little he, nervous. That's what he wanted. I, I I will because I. I know a guy in Huntington that was like, "Y'all got to come to Huntington." So I will offer. I will pay for whatever he needs out here. Like I, <laughs> I personally will buy him a meal uh, and like. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's examine what an NFL quarterback might require as a need. Should he show up to L.A. and you're going to pay for whatever? No, in Long Beach, I will buy You know, kinda, you know how hard Gardner Minshew could probably party and you're out here saying you can support that? Whoa, guy. How much money do I have right now? Yeah. <laughs> I, Not enough. I am willing to buy him a meal out in Long Beach before he gets to Los Angeles. I am a huge fan. I will have him sign every single article you of clothing. You can take him to MVPs and be like, you're my MVP. Oh, that's, that's adorable. <laughs> I am going to – yep. Um, just saying. So yeah, I if he were to come to yeah, it, it would definitely. Pro- I would try my best to podcast it as well. That that would be my solo podcast, me and Gardner Minshew. <laughs> I'm offended. <laughs> um, but I I would cry if I meet my hero. Would, also, you know, I what? guess you're not older than him. That'd be weird. No, I I think we're like almost the same age. He's got to be like. 23 or 24, yeah. <laughs> but just the whole visual. He did that really, really well. I'm just surprised that Jackson was like, yeah, take two months to go on a road trip and do whatever. He's, like, what are the rules for that? He's 23, so May 16th, 1996. I so he's what, literally like a year old. I wonder what the rules for NFL players like during the offseason is. Like, Obviously, don't all the Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah. so, <laughs> he's just driving across the don't, country, eating and hanging out with people. Don't become Eddie Lacy. <laughs> so... I I just think that's funny. Like, what's the NFL going to think? Obviously, the fans are going to love it. This is yes, this exactly is the biggest moment he said he could have done. He's but, buying the people. But I just <laughs> I have to think that the organization is like, I don't know if we should support this. He's just going to wander around eating. I I feel food like and talking to random people. I feel like they're going places. to because it's him and right. he's going to sell tickets for the next forty years on that team. Okay. Him and his da- his dad's gonna be the head coach, and then he's gonna yeah, it's yeah, gonna be great. This should be pretty funny. Um, also another thing that upset me this weekend they so Pepsi does like a rookie of the week kind of thing every single week, and now so with that with the weeks officially being done because they don't do playoffs, 
But so like they have like voting up for rookie of the year for Pepsi rookie of the year, not rookie of the year, rookie of the year, but Pepsi's rookie of the year. Yeah. And not on that list is Gardner Minshew, who has won that award more than anyone has ever won that award. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and also, like in my opinion, has definitely been one of these star rook or star rookies, definitely both on and off the field. And then on the defense on the defensive side, Jacksonville's Josh Allen. Was it Josh Allen? Yeah. Yeah. Josh Allen. No. Josh Allen's the quarterback. Josh Allen is also oh, I guess defensive there's two. End. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was Josh I Allen. That was a different first name. Um he was subbed off of the defensive one when he also had one of the best like defensive years for a rookie. And it was just like really? Like and he also has won multiple of the awards. And it's just like the people who have won the awards weren't really like put on there pretty much. It was very upsetting to me. Yeah, a lot of people. I think reasonably. Because like Gardner won it more than anyone else. Why isn't he up for it? Yeah. Instead, you have quarterbacks that he beat and quarterbacks that he outplayed. So it was very upsetting to me. So, real quick preview of next week's games. Because we won't go into too much detail. But Vikings at 49ers Saturday afternoon. I think the 49ers are too much. I think the defense. I don't think Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I love and hate that after their game, Kirk Cousins did the you like that thing. I feel like that was a one-time thing, but the callback is kind of funny. But I don't think they have any chance against the Niners D, and I think Jimmy G is going to show how good he is in the playoffs. And yeah. Um, Jimmy G, I'm taking them definitely for that game. And then second game Saturday is Titans at Ravens. I want the Titans to win, but I don't think it's going to happen. If Tannehill only – like, Tannehill needs to do more. I think the Ravens can do a way better job of stopping Henry. I mean, but he has played a lot of games where he's done extremely well. So, like, I know it's in him. It just didn't happen. I know, but against Baltimore, like, I think it's going to be rough. And I don't think – New England's offense is terrible. So, Tennessee being able to hold New England down a little bit was not a surprise. But you can't stop Baltimore. They're too good. So I think yeah. Baltimore rolls. I think the 49ers and Ravens both roll. Um, Sunday afternoon, Texans-Chiefs. I think that'll be the closest game of the weekend. Well, I guess Packers-Seahawks would be pretty close too. But I legitimately think that game could go either way. What I, was it again? Texans-Chiefs. Oh, that's Chiefs. right. <laughs> like, I, like, I, I, think, no I, I think if Watson balls out. He can play pretty close to Patrick Mahomes level? I think so. So It'd be fun to watch. I feel like Kansas City like hasn't had their full roster, hasn't been super healthy all year, like getting into a rhythm. I just feel like they haven't been that good. Like out of all of the one and two seeds, I think they're the worst one. <coughs> that means a lot, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I still see Kansas City probably winning that game, but I think it's gonna be electric. I think it'd be a high entertaining game. And then Packers Seahawks. Yeah, I'm excited, nervous, scared. Probably won't sleep Saturday night. I mean, it's good that it's in Green Bay. Oh, it's huge that it's in Green Bay. Literally, no one can play up to par in Green Bay because it's so different. I mean, but is Beast Mode going to... The Frozen Tundra. You know they got to run the ball a lot. So. You know that Seattle is 0-8 the last or the last eight times they've been to Green Bay? That just sounds like they're due. No, that means that they suck. <laughs> no, I, I definitely feel like it's going to be a good game, but... We have the linebackers that can stop their running game, so I think we're okay. Our defensive line is great, and I feel very confident in Kenny Clark, in Preston Smith, and Zendarius Smith. I feel very – Blake Martinez. Oh, man, I can go on and on about <laughs> players that I know can stop their running game. In terms DK, of what I want to see, I want to see – I don't want to see the Vikings win. Like, I don't have anything against the Vikings. I just don't want to see them win. I want to see the Niners win. I can't stand the Seahawks, so I want the Packers <laughs> win from that. And I think, but I think 49ers Seahawks would be another really, really good game. And I think 49ers Packers would be a really good game. So, as long as the Niners win, my if thing it's is, Vikings Packers, I'm going to hit my I head. would be 100% okay with that because that means they'd play in, in Green Bay, which <laughs> I would like. If it was Vikings, if it was Vikings, Vikings yeah. yeah. So you want the Vikings oh, to win because yeah, you but want... I don't think it's going to happen, but I wouldn't mind it. I also despise the Vikings, though, so I would also love to beat them in the championship game. Yeah. Um, 
And then I do think, dude, Ravens, Ravens, Chiefs, I think would be pretty entertaining. Yeah, I think actually, if it's Niners, Packers, Ravens, Chiefs, that would even be I think pretty sweet. Ravens, weekend. Texans would still be a good game too. It's like there's a lot of good possibilities. Yeah, you don't want to watch Tennessee play in the AFC Championship. I, maybe they go off though. I mean, yeah, I just don't like people aren't going to want to tune into that. And like, if the Titans or Texans make it over these other teams, mm-hmm. like people aren't going to want to watch those. People don't care about those two teams. Like Baltimore with the Lamar Jackson factor is a draw, and Chiefs with the Mahomes factor is a draw. So but, now you're saying is it going to be rigged? No, I don't think sports. I think sports are too complicated to be rigged in that anymore. Way. <laughs> yeah, because back in the day it was. There's too much scrutiny. There's too much going into it. Um, I don't think that's a thing. But because for a while, um, wasn't basketball rigged for a bit? Clay College or something like that. No, there was one there was referee that was taking money to call his book is supposed stuff. to be very good i i mean and even to that there's two other referees running around refing the game like i don't think you can control it that much but that's just me i only have one basketball note and it's only because it's super funny because this whole trump iran world war three stuff and there's a tweet it's only funny for you because you can't get drafted true I don't um, think I can't either. I got bad knees. <laughs> the, I don't even know where I did it. And I kept it. So the tweet, somebody tweeted out uh, that Iran, so the tweet is, Iran just offered an $80 million bounty for President Trump's head. This is an act of war. That's a lot of money. <laughs> like for eh. one person. Um, so obviously that's not a joke. We don't want that. People shouldn't be assassinated. That's terrible. But, I mean, yeah. Mm. But, I mean, yeah, I mean <laughs> yeah. this isn't a political show. We're not going to go there. But what's funny is somebody retweeted that, and the comment is, "This man is barely worth Demontis Sabonis." <laughs> That's super funny because Demontis Sabonis is a basketball player for the Indiana Pacers, who is the son of Arvidas Sabonis, who played for the Trailblazers, and I watched a large portion of his career. And they say that because Demontis Sabonis signed a contract extension over the offseason, and for the next four years, he's going to make roughly $80 million. So this person on Twitter equated Trump's worth to DeMontis Sabonis' worth, and I think that is hilarious. I I didn't even know who the guy was. Yeah, he's very good. <laughs> he's very talented. Which um, is funny that it was just that much. Like <sighs> He's averaging 17 points and 13 rebounds right now. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah that's not bad. Probably the Pacers' best player. Only because Oladipo's still hurt. Yeah, I is he ever coming back? Yes, I just yeah. Um, they also have Doug McDermott, but I'm not going to tell you that he's fantastic. I can't tell you if I know who Doug McDermott Bro, is. Oh, Doug McBuckets? That's uh, no, that's not okay. That's not a good nickname. Then Malcolm Brogdon too. Anyway, doesn't matter. So that was that was my only basketball note. Other than I still get frustrated watching the Lakers. There was another tweet that showed these Great. kids running around playing basketball and just the ball flying everywhere, and it's a disaster, and it's a mess. And somebody said, this is what the Lakers look like when they're up by 20 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. We put in our, we put in our G Leaguers. That was pretty funny. Miami Heat will retire Dwayne Wade's number three jersey during a three-day ceremony in February 21st to the 23rd. Wow. I like that. Yeah. You want to talk about the GOAT? Oh, Alex Caruso. I was like, who? And then <laughs> Alex Caruso is currently, like, I want to say eighth in all-star votes. So keep voting for him. Cause for that's, guards, though. Not yeah. Overall. Well, yeah. And also for Dwight West Howard guards. is also up there. And it's just really funny that these two guys are up there. I mean, Dwight Howard, understandable, because he's actually doing pretty well this year on off the bench. But for Alex Caruso, it's, it's I mean, this wild. was as of... Five days ago. Yeah, I don't know I, how often they updated. Yeah, but, we haven't seen an update yet. Caruso. So Caruso was, to give some, <laughs> you know, context, the number one guard is Luka Doncic at one million. The number two guard is James Harden at seven hundred fifty thousand. Number three is Damian Lillard at two hundred thousand. So there's a significant drop off in the West guards in that way. Um, Caruso is eighth. He's 
right behind Donovan Mitchell, and he's just ahead of Devin Booker and John Morant. That's so <laughs> funny. obnoxious. Because those are two all-star players, and it's just so funny that he's above them. Yeah. He has more votes than Gordon Hayward, Andre Drummond, Demontis well, Sabonis, and Gordon Dwight Howard. Isn't Hayward, like, broken? Uh, he's been playing a little bit. He okay. gets hurt a lot. But. Yeah, sadly. It's just so funny to me that he's up there, and I, if I were to vote for one pl- person to be in that, it would be him. <laughs> he's not even. No, that that's why fans should not get such <laughs> a say in the All Star vote because stupid stuff like that happens. All Star games literally mean nothing. I know, but you should. It should be a reward for the best because then it's like, oh, twenty time All Star, blah blah blah. And it's what like, do you mean? He's yeah, playing great. He, no, he's not an All Star. You're not an all-star. Carmelo Anthony is eighth in the front court. Like, Carmelo Anthony should not be getting that many votes. He's not that good anymore. No, he's just because who he is. Taco Fall is sixth in the Taco front court. Fall, Taco Fall, I saw a stat, has the, best, um, has the best points per minute. He has four minutes played in each game, and he has four points per game. Okay. <laughs> James Harden is also up there. I'm pretty sure well, James yeah, Harden actually James had Harden's it. still averaging like 40 points a game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's like 38 and 38 for his average. Falls only played in three games. And he's... He's scored that. 13 points yep. and has seven rebounds in three games. That's better than no. other Those rookie totals are terrible. who hasn't played yet. Oh, that's better than Zion Williams. Sin. Sin. Because he hasn't played yet, which I thought he was supposed to play already. He... All right, so our last our last discussion, so we can get out of here without and going. Super Bob over. scared me. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's not a scary guy. That, when a face appears in a window, it sure is. <laughs> well, our <laughs> Bob's rooting for Pat Mahomes this weekend. I am not surprised. <laughs> so our last discussion is uh, Associated Press announced their athlete of the decade, and they chose LeBron James. Um, they should have chose me. I do a lot of stuff that's really good. Um, but other finalists included Tom Brady, Usain Bolt, Lionel Messi, and Michael Phelps. How do you feel about LeBron winning? Um, given that list, I, I mean, is it just sports play, or is it like because outside the game, LeBron's pretty impactful yeah. and pretty important? Yeah, I'm not against it. I yeah I I agree there, that he, there were ten ten years in the decade he went to the finals in eight yeah, of them I would say so he has been that's impressive one of the most impressive athletes and people for a while now but it's also easier to do that in basketball it's easier to consistently especially when you're one player controlling one thing like that is important um, I think what Tom Brady has done in the NFL he was in the last three Super Bowls and four of the last five like yeah. that's that is very hard to do in no, the yeah, NFL he, the I, all the players are imp- like all the people on there are impressive yeah. Michael Phelps, the most winning like Olympian ever. But a lot of what he did was like in 2008 too. So it's like that, like his big year was 2008. That's true. But didn't he still win? He a lot? still won a lot in 12 and 16. I think that kind of messes it up too, though, because he how he only can perform every four years. Yeah. But still, that shows that he's Usain Bolt too. I mean, no, because I mean, there's other track things. That are there's other big. swimming things. They have it's the same stuff. They all have like World Cups and. World Championships in between during off years. We just track is more covered than yeah. wow. swimming is. Nah, that's saying a lot because track is literally not covered. Do you think swimming is? <laughs> I've uh, seen no, I've saying, seen like, them put track and field events on TV. I've seen. I don't watch. Sw- there's no swimming I've events on TV outside one the Olympics ever. Like track thing. They have other the world. The they Olympics. broadcast the World Championships. That's. They don't broadcast any swimming except the Olympics, and they broadcast the track world championships. Well, they're pretty important. I exact. That's proving Plus my point. Plus, there's more to track than there is swimming. Think of all the events. If it's in track. okay, track and field. Okay, swimming has swimming, swimming has swimming. a bunch of different. That's not. That's like <laughs> saying running and throwing. Like okay. There's a bunch of different distances and strokes and medleys and all that stuff. Like, swimming changes. Anyway, I I can't argue LeBron being athlete of the decade. He's he's done a lot. I'm a fan. Worldwide, probably the number one athlete in the world. <clears throat> so, I'm okay with that. 
That's all. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for the first, <laughs> our first go can we, at this new format. Can we have a title for this? I should. I think it should be called "And That's Sports Talk." But if if we do that, then we have to. I have to create an entirely different account. No, no, no. I mean, like a little subtitle. Like you can just type in "From Bob's Office," and then instead of having like a legit title, title, like instead of titling it like January fifth, you can title it that and like episode one or something. Never mind. We're fine. I guess just write sports January first or whatever it is. It's not New Year's. I just dated this. I, mean, I don't we know could, what it is. We could call it like Bob's Sports Desk episode one. I don't know if I like the word desk, but yeah. I could what agree. what would you prefer? I don't know. No Bob's desk. sports office? That sounds bad too. <laughs> Bob's And that's sports with Bob. Bob isn't even here. Yeah, we can't do that. Alright, fine, never mind. Have a good night, everyone. We'll come up with it. You'll see it before you hear about it. You'll just think we're stupid. Yeah. But, all right, until next week and we cover more sports. Yeah. Go, Pack, go. Yikes. I don't. Why? (laughs) Because I don't. I don't know. Because I can't say go, Rams. Uh Ha. That's why. It upsets me. Uh Ha. Have fun watching football this weekend, everybody. See ya.